This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hey, everybody. How are you? I hope you're great. I mean, my bracket's all busted up, but otherwise, life is good. And I hope you're the same way, except for the the bracket thing. Spring is sprung here, and of course, I hope everybody's spirits are on the uplift. Life is good. All right, welcome to the show today. We've got to go in here, but I I have some thanks. I have a backlog here. Uh... Some folks have given us some really nice ratings and reviews here, and I, I said I'd say thanks to everybody, so I'm going to make good on that today. Uh, R. Graves Jr., thank you very much for your very gracious comment. Uh, it's good hearing from you there. Rye Jack CL, thanks very much for giving us a listen. I appreciate it. Uh, Uper Smith, Uper Smith, how are you? And thanks for your comment and giving us a listen. Darren at DarrenMonroe.com. Loves us. Oh, thank you very much, Darren. That's very nice. Paulie12B, thank you for listening as well. Thanks for that nice comment. Sweeney McMahon, thanks for giving us a listen. And Founder 2.0 Radio, thank you very much. That's that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get it done. Addie Saucedo, thanks for giving us a listen. Shailen Soprano, that's all good. Dino, thank you for giving us a listen. And I think that just about catches us up here. That's good. So, you know, we talked about goal setting in our early episode. So I'm going to set one now here at the end of the first quarter. I want to get to 100 uh, ratings and reviews. So that'd be nice if we had 100 out there. That'd be a great goal. Have enough people listen to us. We get 100. So if you haven't done one yet, please, you know, go ahead and give us a nice rating and review. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I'll give you a shout out, too, on the air. So that's all good. Thank you very much. Uh, Okay, today. Alex and I talked about the introverts and we started talking about personality a little bit. And we landed on this article by uh, Marin Hogan. And uh, after we did that, I reached out to Marin and she said she'd come on the program and talk to us. She is quite, quite the leader today. She comes from a marketing background and has a great story to tell uh, about her self-professed emerging leadership and it's so clear the message here today in modern leadership she's taking care of her people while she's driving the business and uh the story has a lot of uh, good points here and i hope you get some takeaway from her today so without further ado here we go ladies and gentlemen it's a big day it's a big day you all were so responsive so responsive to the fact that we talked about uh about dealing with the introverts, the little eyes and the big E's, little eyes. We have somebody that has some serious thoughts about that today. We are so lucky today, so lucky to have as our guest, Marin Hogan. Marin, welcome to the program. 
Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, thanks for taking the time. I can't tell you how much just a little discussion about uh, the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs instrument, and having to work with introverts really sparked a conversation for us folks. And uh, the the article you did focusing on uh, Susan Cain's book, which will become the Bible for the quiet folks over the years, I'm sure, uh, really resonated with us. Uh, how did you get attracted to that topic? Well, um, you know, uh, at Red Branch, we write a lot about workplace and, and how to make people more comfortable. And, and not everyone's an extrovert. Of course, we run a marketing agency, so we do tend to see a lot of those. Um, but introverts are sort of the unsung heroes. They're kind of like the Generation X if we're writing about uh, generations. They kind of get overlooked uh, when we're talking about uh, a lot of how workplaces can cater to them, how they can help them, help them make them more productive, help them communicate their needs. This is something that's often overlooked. So um, it, it was a very interesting subject. And we, we even have a couple of introverts that work with us here. Yeah, and of course, we don't have them on the radio at this point. So here, <laughs> here are you and I, two E's, or at least I've self-confessed, just a marginal E at this point. But uh, they are a key point to, to anybody's team. You just tag them as being part of Gen X. Do you see them there as uh, more often than you see them in the millennials, in the Gen Y folks? Oh, not necessarily. I just meant an analogy in terms of what you see being covered uh, in the media, right? We, we always talk about millennials just like we always talk about extroverts. So um, introverts don't get quite as much coverage as they probably should. And I have the pleasure of knowing lots of introverts who speak, they write, um, they're tremendous leaders, they work, they work very hard and they work very well with others. And so uh, the perception of introverts, I think, is, is one that needs to be constantly challenged. Uh, a lot of people are surprised to find out that I'm somewhat introverted. Um, and I go by the definition of where you, where you get recharged, where you get your energy. Is it with, within a group of people or is it when you're on your own and you can sort of recharge and get ready to go back out into the world and communicate incessantly as I seem to do? Yeah, that's a great reminder. It is not how you look when the lights come up. It's how you recharge. At the end right. of the day, do you need to go curl up with the, with a book or you know your earbuds in, or do you need to go out and hit the streets or, or more? Exactly, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, we worked with uh, or talked to uh, Charlie Posnack, who does the uh, the boomer uh, the boomer mastermind, and uh, he works with the boomers a lot. And the boomers can also find themselves as being in the introvert role as well by nature of their personality, but because uh, I think also they find themselves having to be digital immigrants and less comfortable with the technology than the Xers and Yers, you know, that have always lived there. So it's tough for them as well. I think they look, they kind of lean forward and are looking for opportunity to, to voice their experience. And, you know, that's, that's what they bring to the equation as well. That, that depth of knowledge in this context to put it in, but you know, they can have the same issues. Absolutely. I think there can be a little bit of a, a generational divide. Um, of course, millennials and, and the gen generation coming up after them, they were raised in a world where they had a myriad of ways to sort of put their opinion out there and make themselves heard, whether it was social media or via photography, um, having communications on Facebook long before uh, I think anyone in my generation did when they were teenagers and such. So um, there definitely can be a divide there. And it's important to know how to, how to manage those people and how to get the most out of them um, while respecting the way that they prefer to work. 
you know, we, this whole conversation also, you know, includes a conversation of the actual workspace, the office space, not the movie, just the concept. So, <laughs> so uh, Red Branch is, where is Red Branch? Uh, we're located in Omaha, Nebraska, but Omaha, we actually have clients and uh, partners in every continent except, you know, the really far away ones like Antarctica. <laughs> and you'll be there soon, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be there soon. What? <laughs> so in the middle of the country, and I hope winter has left you alone there now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what? describe that space there, can you? So uh, interestingly enough, even though we were talking about the fact that uh, open offices aren't necessarily great for introverts, we do have an open office. It's a very industrial space. I don't know if you can hear from the levels on my voice, but it, it can be a little bit echoey. Um, but introverts don't always work well. So some, some of the steps that we've taken are um, we have headphones for everyone. We have Yammer where we communicate uh, via chat if we want to, or people will just put in there like, hey... I'm going under. I, I can't really focus right now. Please leave me alone. I've got a little area where people can go sit on the sofa and chat. Um, so it's really, really good. Oh, that's excellent. That sounds like a great place. I'm not worried about the audio at all. I kind of like the feel that you and I were sitting on folding chairs in an abandoned warehouse. I think that's, <laughs> that's kind of real in itself. So uh, before, in the many years before Red Ranch became a reality for you, you know, what was the... Uh, what was your experience and how did you come to that place? Well, interestingly enough, um, I, don't, I don't know if we're talking about physical workspace or, or where I was before Red Branch, but um, physically uh, for a long time, I, had a, I, I was a WorkFlex CMO. So I was either the VP of marketing or the chief marketing officer for several companies uh, that were nowhere near Omaha, Nebraska. And so I would work uh, on an exercise ball in my attic, very much alone, very much isolated, <laughs> Um, so it's been quite the experience going from, you know, the consulting mode or the executive mode where I was all by myself with a team in another location, sometimes very far away. Uh, my last company before Red Branch was in the UK. And so they would call me into, um, you know, conference calls and they would put me on the screen on Skype as we're discussing on now. And what was frustrating was I, I didn't feel like I was being heard. I didn't feel like the technology had kept up with, you know, the kinds of conversations that you can have in the workspace. So for me, that's very much informed my decisions as it came to Red Branch. So when Red Branch started, um, in fact, we were in my home for a very long time. Uh, we just moved to this space in November and the amount of productivity and the amount of efficiencies that it has put into our work processes is amazing. Um, I, I highly recommend uh, getting a space as soon as possible. In uh, in early in your career, did you ever have the fortune or misfortune to work in the uh, in the traditional corporate space in a cube farm or in a, in a tower? Yes, yes. Uh, so as a child, I would always visit my dad uh, at various uh, tech companies in what is now known as Silicon Valley. It was not even known as that then. Um, and he he worked in a cubicle farm, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So when I got my first big girl job, it was in an investment firm here in the Midwest, and. Uh, it was it was very similar, right? So we were the marketing folks. So our cube was a little cooler than other people's cubes, but for the most part, it was it was very corporate, very straight laced. Um, you know, dress code, yeah, mandated yeah. lunches, the whole thing. So you look back on that fondly, or uh, you look back and go, "Why did it take me so long to get out of there?" Yeah, exactly. So uh, it it wasn't terrible. Uh, it was certainly a great learning experience because now I know what I don't want. 
Um, and of course, once, once a business gets to a certain size, it is important for people to have their own space. Even now, right? Just doing this, this podcast would be wonderful if I had my own office to, to do it in. But work is happening all around me, right? Everyone's got their headphones on. People are going in and out. So it's not easy. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, we're with Marin Hogan and Red Branch Media. Uh, so back in those days, what did you work for somebody? Did you ever work for somebody who was the leader that uh, really resonated with you with that you left them going, gee, I really like the time I spent with that person. You know, um, I'm one of those people that has to get hit in the face with a two by four in order to learn anything. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone that I have re- recognized over the course of my career, especially as I, as I'm sort of morphing into a leadership role now, um, I pretty much disliked them intensely when they were my leader. Um, and so what has basically, I've come to create a bit of empathy with people who, who had the task of attempting to lead me, uh, back when I was younger and my younger professional days. Um, so I don't know, my learning has sort of been, um, as a bit of a zigzag in that case, but, um, I do enjoy, uh, parameters. So my, one of my very first, uh, jobs out of college was in a newsroom and um, what was interesting about that was there were deadlines. All the time there were deadlines and they were non-negotiable because it was a daily paper. And um, that has taught me a great deal about how to work or how I work best. And some people that come into Red Branch work great in terms of, you know, that turns them on. They want to get something done by a very specific date and a very specific amount of time. Other times, you know, people are more long-term thinkers or the projects that they're working on don't lend themselves well to specific deadlines or things like that. So it's been more like work environments, I think, that have informed me and then learning and gaining sort of wisdom and empathy for bosses that at the time I didn't understand some of their motivations. Sure. I I think a lot of us feel that way. And I think the the maxim kind of holds true. We never quit companies in as much as we quit leaders. You know, we've had enough. We've had enough. So uh, if you uh, got your hands on a newly minted MBA today that was coming to you at Red Branch or wherever else you might be, what would, your be, what would be your advice to them? You know, I think I would just, my advice, oh my goodness, I think I would probably try and help them learn how to be humble. Um, I distinctly remember uh, at another paper that I worked at, they brought in somebody as an editor over me, and I didn't understand why. Uh, Because I had a college degree and she had a college degree. The fact that she had worked at USA Today and was 20 years my senior meant nothing to me. I thought that apples equaled apples. And so um, I think I would tell them, like, look, there's a lot that college can teach you. And I'm sure that you're very proud of your education um, and, and going that extra mile and getting your MBA. But there's a lot that life has to teach you. So just be open to that. It's, it doesn't mean that what you learned was wrong. It just means that there's so much more that you can add to that to really become a great leader. Yeah, you know, we just talked to uh, to the leadership freak Dan Rockwell recently, and he his advice was take the spotlight off of you and put it on them, and you know focusing on your team, and that's where the humility comes into play. Some years ago, I mean on LinkedIn, I think it was in some discussion thread, somebody asked the question, "What's the number one leadership trait that is most important today?" And everybody's going, you know, action oriented and conservative and intelligence and blah blah blah. And I went, uh, humility, and it locked up the whole thread. I mean, you know, it just was a train wreck after that. 
But, uh, you know, I, I hold to that today. And you talk to people that say, you know, well, we, we've been studying leadership for holy cow, 80 years at this point. And the initial five traits of all great leaders were things like that. They were conservative and intelligent and action oriented and, you know, all of this. But now that number one thing is empathy and a dose of humility on top of it. And, uh, and I think part of it now, I really think part of it is the fact that the explosion of social media and technology together have empowered us to be able to do so much in so many different ways and do it, you know, unbound by location that we are now craving real relationships. We are really craving those relationships. So for somebody we work for, they have to get down in that space and, you know, go knee to knee with us to have conversations with us. Or is we, the other metaphor I use is putting your finger in the dirt and say, having that humility to, to ask you, how's it going? What can I do for you? Absolutely. And, and that's something that, that we, you know, work with every day at Red Branch. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because just this week we have someone who is usually in Oregon, but she's here in the office with us. And it's wonderful to be able to, you know, have those in-person connections. Yes, WorkFlex environment is is great. Working from home is great. Um, being able to keep talented people even when they move is is incredible. And giving your employees flexibility, all of those things are fantastic. But it's also nice to have, like you said, that relationship and be able to have that sort of face-to-face interaction and really dig deep and find out what it is they need, what they've been struggling with. And so that's something that we do uh, with our employees, obviously, here in the office, but also with folks who are working from home for whatever reason or not able to be in the office quite as often. Uh, we make sure that, you know, we check in and say, okay, how's everything going? Uh, if, if they're an introvert, for example, they might not volunteer that information readily and say, hey, I'm actually feeling really disconnected. I know I never did. And, uh, you know, I'm not really the poster child for introverts, but... It, it takes a lot of guts to go to your CEO or somebody that's managing you and say, hey, I, this isn't working because you feel lucky enough to have the, the teleworking arrangement in the first place. So you definitely don't want to rock the boat because it's still relatively new. It still feels like a privilege. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's a great way to look at it. I am uh, in the show notes. I'm going to link both of these articles, the original one that we talk about the introverts, but you have another article you've done here uh, in your blog uh, called Marinated. I love that. Thank you. Uh, and it says leadership is more than a title. And you talk about uh, respect. Uh, how, t- how tough is it to get respect today? Um, I, think, I think it's really tough to get if you don't give it. So part of, what, um, part of what we do here is we let people know through the sourcing, recruiting, selection process – that working for Red Branch isn't for everybody. And so we tell them, you know, some of the things that they're going to have to encounter. And for for the people that we hire, they might not equate that to respect. But uh, I think respect is telling an entry-level worker, hey, this isn't school anymore. Like, I'm going to treat you like an adult and I'm going to expect things from you uh, that I would expect from an adult. This is the real world now, right? By the same token, Letting them know, hey, you you can come to me if you really feel like this is beyond your ken or beyond what you think you can actually accomplish. So it's keeping that two way street. It's demanding respect as as a woman. I think that's a really important point, but also making sure that you respect the people around you, whether whether it's the drive through person at McDonald's, uh, one of your employees, a colleague at your same level, or if you're trying to manage up. 
Well, that's an interesting point. I'll, you know, I'll touch on the gender issue just a bit. You know, here I am a boomer and, uh, the best people I've worked for in traditional organizations have been women. And I, and I think that, uh, those, those points you just made, uh, account for that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that the best leaders are women. I do think that there are ways that women can communicate that are a little bit easier. I think that, um, putting yourself in someone else's shoes might come more naturally to some women. And so leaders like that do tend to engender respect within their work group simply because they're there for their employees and they ensure that everybody has what they need. Uh, that's not always true across the board. We don't want to stereotype, but I do think that it, it tends to be a little bit more common. Sure. Another great point you made here was that leaders motivate their employees with ownership through example. Can you explain that just a little bit? Yeah. So um, I guess a really practical example of that is we have a two-month period when anybody starts here. And it's, it's, it's described as a trial period, which sounds a little bit terrible, but our selection process is- it sounds like is you're not so, in yet. You're not in yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, but it's our trans, our selection process is so transparent that most of the people who decide to come on board are aware of what they're getting into. And, and those, those that, uh, somehow, uh, learn that Red Branch isn't, wasn't as represented get out relatively quickly. Anyway, so we have this two month period and, um, we tell them like, Hey, you have, you have grace right now. Learn as much as you can try as much as you can make all of your mistakes because we'll have a review at the end of this two month period. And, and once we have that, you're going to move into a more accountable position and accountability I think is highly underrated by leaders, employees, uh, <laughs> uh, the world in fact, because you can't ask somebody to have accountability without giving them some ownership, without them being able to say, hey, I did this and it's amazing. If you want them to take accountability for their mistakes, you have to give them praise and ownership of their accomplishments. Oh, that's just great. I, I just like that. In fact, my whole concept of accountability that I'd used, I'm, I may just start shifting it over toward that at this point, because I always said you can assign responsibility you know, uh, somebody in the box above you can assign you responsibility for anything as just as you can for folks on your team, you assign them responsibility, but accountability, I differentiated, differentiated by uh, just saying that's something you have to take yourself. I can assign you responsibility for a project, but you really don't feel accountable and achieve accountability for that unless internally you take that on yourself. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, and it really does start with the people at the top. Um, I, was, I was speaking with my husband, and he works here at Red Branch. He's our, he's our uh, web developer and systems integration, but he also does a lot of operational stuff. And one of the things we were discussing was, like, we can't expect accountability. It's very difficult to get out of that, like, do you, uh, do you work on your business or do you work in your business? And you always hear gurus talking about that stuff. And we feel right now that it's very important to work in the business, even though that's not classically the smartest move, because we want to say, hey, we're, we're in this too. We've got skin in the game, and it's really, really important to us that, that you see us here working alongside you, making things happen every day. Because I don't think that just happens naturally, and it certainly doesn't happen naturally in the B2B enterprise marketing space. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, you know, that sounds, that sounds like a great environment there at Red Ranch. So when somebody leaves your team for, to build their own, to start their own empire, to start their own next thing, what is it that you hope they look over their shoulders and say about their time there? 
Well, I, I always say that I want people to be recruited away from me. Um, I want to make such incredible marketing brains and content marketing brains that people say, you know what, I've got to have that person. And if I, if I can't afford to keep them around, that's my problem. I want them to say that they learned everything while they were here. That, that's great. You just want to be a leader machine. That, that I, I think about it the same way. That's just great. Uh, a couple of wrap-up questions I just want to ask you. Uh, so what do you read now? What's on your bedside table? What's on your reader? Uh, people always ask me this question. And the only business book that I have read recently is um, Reality-Based Leadership by Cy Wakeman. Good. Yeah, it's a great book, and I go back to it time and time again. Um, but I'm I'm really a fiction reader, unfortunately. Yeah. And so um, in terms of stuff, I mean, we produce between 60 and 90 pieces of content every month here at Red Branch. So I read what my writers are writing. I read people that I admire, uh, Fistful of Talent, Tim Sackett's blog, mm-hmm. um, just just focused on HR recruiting, the workforce, and and how to be better every single day. So when you put the buds in your ears, what music are you listening to on your iPod or your phone? You know, it's not suitable for work, uh, but Madonna's Rebel Heart um, really blew me away the other day. I listened to it for the first time. I think it's really good. Oh, excellent. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. Hey, well, Marin, you've cracked the code here. That's great. <laughs> now you're a co-host. You can come back anytime, and I hope you will. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I sure, really yeah. enjoyed it. So where can people find you? Uh, you can go to marinated.com. Uh, you can find me anywhere. Pretty much any social network is at Marin Hogan, M-A-R-E-N-H-O-G-A-N. And of course, redbranchmedia.com, our site. Marin Hogan, Red Branch Media, and, and Marinated as well. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. You can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Once again, thanks to Marin Hogan for being on the program with us today. You can check her out at Marinated and at Red Branch Media. Alex will be back with me next time. We will see you then. Have a great week. <laughs>